250 episodes of Open Loops. We're at 250. Now, I almost didn't want to put this episode out there because it is so... It, it, it gets graphic. It gets dark. And I know Stranger Things is based on this, but, but this isn't like, oh, let's shave the intelligent, talented British girl actress's head and, and lock her up kind of dark. It is, it is, it is, it's even darker than let's take intelligent or could be intelligent American children and bring them out to Los Angeles and put them in the show business for our selfish dreams. I'm a parent. I'm your parent. You're my monkey. Kind of dark. And if the only thing darker than Stranger Things is stage moms, well, this is darker than that. That said, it's a very interesting conversation. I do always love learning about the Montauk Project. Arkeem Ra makes her a very interesting guest. And because it's episode 250, if you like this podcast, I would greatly, greatly appreciate it if you're able to rate the show and leave a review on your preferred podcast platform. You could go to ratethispodcast.com forward slash open loops. Let me know if you like this show. It, uh, it helps get this kind of mind-bending and alternative content out there. I, I really, uh, I'm challenged by a lot of the ideas in this episode, but it's, it's a whammy of a show for 250. I hope you enjoy it. Open loops. Open loops. Open loops. Open loops. Open loops. You must listen to the open loops, a theme park for absurd beliefs and systems of integration between the mind and the creative spirit. Open loops. Today on Open Loops, we have Arkeem Ra. He is a, well, he's an MK Ultra. 
and secret space program whistleblower. Uh, also a starseed, which is interesting, though uh, he might tell us that we all are in some ways. Um, yeah, a very interesting story here because uh, Arkeem Ra has associations with, was involved uh, with the Montauk Project. Um, and for those who have listened to the show before, you know, we've, we've had several people on that have addressed this, people that have participated, people that think they were part of it. Um, it's a foggy topic. There are a lot of different angles. It's, it's an ongoing project. It seems to be um, still even remnants of it are still even going on today. So we're going to address all of that. Arkeem, thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, look, let me ask you something right off the bat, because this this stuck out to me. And I was curious about how and when you came decided to come forward with this publicly. Was there how long were you sitting on this? Did you always know about this? Um, and, and very recently you said, I'm going to come forward. I mean, how did you how did you get to a point where you have felt comfortable enough, as, as comfortable as you can be, to to go on people's programs and talk about um, something that seemingly so traumatic? Uh, I went on um, Penny Bradley's show and that was me going public and that was last uh wait the november of 2021 i want to say or maybe it was february i can't remember maybe it was just a year ago yeah. um but i i came public uh through her show and i guess how it all happened was so when i was a kid i had always known that i was getting abducted uh i, I got the marks on my body the uh rectal tearing uh just weird sexual stuff going on um and i had the memories of of uh, being on spaceships and stuff like that well they, they they i was i was mostly afraid of that every night before when i went to bed and and i thought there was something going on but i actually got recall at one point from doing automatic writing when i was like 10 or 11 years old or something i mean i was pretty young um i did some automatic writing in the memory started, it was kind of like it surfaced and I actually like physically remembered uh, like a gray standing over me and being on a spaceship. And, and for a long time for me, it was uh, just alien abduction. And I kind of almost had the idea that what happened to me might be like something where like I, I've, I've the alien abduction phenomenon is, is real. The whole uh, idea of people being taken by greys and having hybrids made and all that stuff—that's really going on. And I kind of thought it was that, and I thought it was more like scientists doing some weird ge genetic experiment. I didn't really know what it, what it, what it, where it all came from and what it all was. And uh, the first time that I heard about the military being involved with this stuff was through Dr. Carla Turner who mentioned that the she was getting abducted by aliens and she was also getting abducted by the government, but she didn't, it, it didn't get to the, it, this was a woman from like the nineties. So it didn't get to the, like the whole super soldier kind of point yet. She didn't reach that point, but she was reaching it. She was getting close and then she got killed, which made me think I should look into that more. Um, and then also, I guess a lot of the reason why I started taking the uh, SSP, 
military aspect of it more seriously is I had this dream one night where I uh, I was in a, 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 a like a lecture hall, white. It was a white room. Everything was white. And there was this military, this Navy general guy telling me about how my abilities that I had been trained to use, I was going to be transferred and they're going to be used for military combat or something, basically, was what he was telling me. And I was looking at his face in his dream and it was blurry. I couldn't see his face. Because they do this thing where they stimulate the part of your brain where that recognizes faces before they put you back and like get rid of the faces or something like that. And it, but it was eerie in this dream that I, I, I couldn't I, like, I couldn't see this guy's face. It was like, like a blur. And then I looked to the right of me and there's this other little girl in the room and her face is also a blur. And then I in the dream as the dream character like am in the somehow in the mindset of that actual moment when it happened in reality because that was a real moment and for that brief moment i was like fuck you for taking me from my home like fuck you for what you're doing me i don't want to work for you i want to make your head explode with my powers like fuck you and then i woke up and i was just like whoa that was not a fucking dream and i started looking into it more and uh i found tony rodriguez uh I, I, it's it's not Rodriguez, so it's always confusing. I hope I said his name right. Um, but I found him, and I I didn't like one hundred percent like like I felt like this guy was being genuine, but yeah. it was like kind of hard to like take in because it was so much. But then when he said something about the blurred faces, he also had that that freaked me out because I had the dream before I encountered people talking about it on YouTube and stuff. The blurred faces thing. So that really freaked me out. And um, I just started looking into it more and I, I, I thinking about it. And, I, and, and one day I like did a deep meditation on what, 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 like, what am I missing here? And the conclusion that I came to in this like meditation was like, remember how they pulled you out of me? Like they remember how they pulled, remembering how they pulled me out of school in second grade to ask me questions about like um, if there were psychic police that could read minds to prevent crimes from happening before they happen, would you join them? Would you help? Like all these weird questions like that. And it was a memory that always stuck with me as odd, but I never associated it with the UFO thing. I never connected it to the two. I thought they were completely separate. But then I thought about it. I'm like, wait, in that dream, he's talking about me using powers and stuff like that. And in that thing, they asked me, like, if, if I had abilities, if I'd be willing to use them to help the military. I mean, that's literally what they asked me in this weird questionnaire. And it was for the Talented and Gifted program. And the cover story was that I was, like, in the Talented and Gifted program. But I remember asking kids. I wasn't in the next year. And I've heard this from other people who are the programs. The same thing happened to other people. I wasn't in it next the next year for apparently no reason. I was really confused. I asked the teacher about it. She's like, I don't know. I'm the new teacher. I don't know about you last year, why you're not in it. I'm like, but I was in it, right? And she was like, I don't know. And there are other kids that were in the TAG program telling me that I wasn't in it. But I had implanted memories of being in the TAG program. 
So what people need to understand about the TAG program is it has to do with secret space program stuff. And they, they, they do a lot of testing there to see if you're, you can be a good asset, but not necessarily every single kid that's part of the talented and gifted program is an asset 100%. I mean, maybe I couldn't tell you for sure, but um, I think there's more to it than that. And I think the fact that some of the kids that were part of the actual program didn't remember being in it, but I remembered being in it. That struck me as really odd. Um, and that memory, when I look back into it, like, it's like, it clicked again. Like, of yeah. course, when it happened, it was weird, but I was in elementary school and I never thought about it again for years. But then when I thought about it, I'm like, that is really fucking weird. And then, so I actually went on a walk with my mom because I kind of felt like I was losing my shit a little bit. You know, my mom knew me as a child, knew the stuff I went through. And I kind of just told her about, like everything kind of like I told them telling you now, I kind of put the pieces together. And I was like, what do you think I should, she's, uh, she's, and she, uh, like, I was just like, what do you think? She's like, well, I believe you. I've always believed you. And I was like, what do you think I should do? And she's like, I think you should re reach out and try to find other people that this happened to. So I did. And the very first person I talked to is somebody who's like really crazy. Like, and, uh, I don't talk to them anymore, but fortunately I ended up finding <laughs> Joseph Powell through that person and Joseph Powell was willing to talk with me right away. Probably because he, he remembered me because he was at Montauk and he, he immediately was just like, okay, I know this person. And uh, we just had a long talk and um, he ended up doing some energy work with me. And um, I went through some of some of those memories of like elementary school. And I figured out some of the things that really happened, like, um, there was a time, a memory that I've always had, for instance, where I remember like getting a telepathic message from an alien in gym class, right? I know this sounds crazy, but this is what happened. I was in gym class, I was in second grade, got a telepathic message. I and what I remember was like going on the toilet and like getting like a telepathic message, right? And an alien communicating with me that way. But what actually happened is like the gym was right by these doors that went outside. And I don't know, I'm pretty sure I, I went in the bathroom, but then I got like told like, go outside. And I went outside and I got taken onto a ship. Like I got like taken and I worked for this. It, it was, it was this uh, white draconian was, was the guy who took me. And I, I, I was only go, I relived like that part of the memory. And then it goes blank from there. So I don't know what that lifetime was. Cause they pulled me out of it. Cause it was so deep. I was like in the memory that like, be like arc arc like, like come out of it but yeah like so I, I went into it and and i was starting to understand it like that i was a part of all this stuff but then the altars came in um and this is before i went public that they're telling me about my altars and so the things that my altars would do and all these terrible things that my altars had done and i was like well, who is, is they at this point who is they that's uh, telling talk to you is joseph or is it something joseph, else joseph powell um and this woman uh who, who, you know, he, he wasn't trying to freak me out, but there's one guy in the community. I'm not going to name him, but he's, he's, he's crazy. He's not a good person. And I, I want to reiterate too, that they take us when we're children, break our consciousness into a million pieces, and then just thrust us back into our lives. Like nothing happened. We're not all mentally stable. The idea that we should all be like super soldiers and be like together with it. And like, none of us are going to be kind of loopy. Like it's ridiculous. Like a lot of people who are like schizophrenic homeless people that end up on the streets are people that that the reason why they're that way is because they got broken by these programs. 
So mm-hmm. I just want to reiterate that. But it was him and just uh, just a few other people that from Montauk that remembered me. And there was weird stuff going on. Like there's a Montauk it is strange video. Look up. You can look up the YouTube. And it was around when I was waking up. And the guy went there and there was a ritual going on. You could hear it. And people were, there are people that were there at the ritual that got recall of it. And one of my altars was there. And they were telling me about this. They sent me the video and they told me about it. And I was like, look, man. If I got a clone of me, that's not me. Like, I didn't understand how this all worked. And I was just like, you guys are crazy. Like, leave me the fuck alone. And I stopped looking at it for a while. But then, you know, I, I, I and, and I was told, you know, like, hey, good luck, like, trying to leave this all behind. But you kind of can't. When I said, I'm done with this. That's that's what I was told by people. It's like, good luck, but you're going to need it, dude. Like, because once you wake up, you kind of can't unwake up. And that's what happened. I wasn't able to walk away from it. And uh, I ended up on, I ended up deciding that I wanted to go on Penny Bradley's show because I was trying to figure out what happened to me and the people that I knew. And like, I thought the only way to do it maybe was, was to go on her show and be public. And then also I believe that in these programs, I've been used to, to do things against my will. And I have no reason to believe that in this lifetime, they won't activate me and make me try to make me do something. So now that I'm public, I think that there's way less, uh, you know, chance of them triggering one of my altars in the here and now and making me do something in the here and now. Like they trigger my altars and, and send me off the space and send me to alternate realities and stuff like that still to this day. But I, I don't think that they're ever going to do something like in the here and now, because if they did, I'm a compromised asset. So it's like, um, but yeah, sorry if that was a long explanation, but basically it all led up to me coming public because I wanted to understand the altars. I wanted to understand what was going on. I knew it was more complicated than I could make out. I knew it wasn't over my head, but I also had a lot of memories. Like, like I knew that despite the fact that I didn't really know what was going on, I was confused. Like there, I have a lot of memories compared to most people. And and I'll sit there and tell you, like, like it's easy for me to also say I don't have memory, a lot of memories because I probably remember like 1% of what actually happened to me. But like I've listened to other people talk and be like, yeah, I don't have that many memories. Like somebody like Misha Johnson, I've heard her say that before. I don't have that many memories. But if you listen to her talk, she's just being humble. She has a lot of memories. So I, I kind of try to keep that in mind. Like the fact that I have any memories is kind of a miracle. And I do remember a decent amount of what happened. Yeah, I mean, this is there's so much to unpack here, um, and, and I appreciate the explanation. I mean, I'm even just trying to figure out: did you what your conclusion was with with the clones? Did you did you actually see a clone of yourself out there? I mean, well, where does where the, video, the guy walks up? He can hear them doing like it's like a ritual. They're doing some sort of ritual, and you can yeah. hear them doing the weird chanting and singing. And the guy gets freaked out and he runs away. He doesn't go in there. But I was told that it was my alter Jacob. I was in there and it was a real thing that was going on. Who knows if that's actually true? Um, I don't remember that. I don't recall that, but it is entirely possible. What I, what I, what I know of my alter Jacob now, I mean, he has access to portals, so he can be pretty much anywhere at any time, but he's restricted because he works for Nachtwaffen. Um, after Montauk, um, we, we were being hunted down. We got ejected from Montauk and we were being hunted down by the air force, the Navy, basically any military organization that you can think of, we were being hunted down by them. They're trying to destroy it, like deactivate us. 
because uh, we were seen as rogue rogue agents and like no longer under the control. So I we sent out a message and a lot of us sold ourselves to Nakwafen, um, and others sold themselves to Solar Warden or other different groups. But I sold myself to Nakwafen. I decided to go with Nakwafen. I don't remember why. Um, but that's who I sold myself to. I think they're just the first people who showed up. Honestly, I want to get the fuck off this planet. And For I did. people that don't know what that is, what is that Not organization? Not, okay, so there's a there's a Germanic Empire, Galactic Empire, um, a Germanic uh, um, breakaway civilization, and that's their their military. Is not a lot. Some people call it Dark Fleet. Some people call it Not Guafen. Um, but yeah, it's basically just their military. And I, uh, I'm like a commander on a ship or something like that. I have a pretty high-ranking job there, but I also am a slave. Uh, that's another thing I want people to understand in these programs is every single altar that I have is a slave that can't escape what is being done to them. Like at Montauk, we had a room full of clones and um, like tubes, you know, with clone backup clones in them. Uh, so you had backups at all time and. I remember looking at myself in, in the tube and the feeling of like helplessness, like that's eternity right there. And you can't escape because that's what it was at Montauk is they could torture you over and over again. And you couldn't die. You'd wake up again in a new body. Um, and that's how they got you to do anything. They told you, and they would do stuff like when we were a kid, when you were a child, you'd be in there. They make you, they'd start making you kill animals and stuff like that with your bare hands they'd, they'd make you bond with an animal that had to do with your soul tribe so for me it was a bird it was a raven because i'm from avian soul tribe family but it depends on what tri soul tribe family you're from but they would break your bond with that with that species by giving you that animal making you bond with that animal and then making and then forcing you to kill and eat that animal uh so that you have the severed out of tune connection with your your soul family or soul tribe at least that's what i believe they did it for and um yeah they 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 would desensitize us to the point where basically that we would do anything um they like that we told them to like anything there's a story i know somebody who's not public who reached out to me um uh, and that's another thing i want people to understand there's thousands of people that are involved in this not a small handful of people um, but somebody reached out to me who was at Montauk, who remembered being there, and they told me that they were forced to go to an alternate dimension and kill their entire family that they came from, kill them all, and then came, they came back to Montauk and this reality, and they were being heralded as like a like a hero, and they're everyone like being cheered on, and they said it was the most hollow feeling that they ever experienced in their life. And that was the pinnacle of a programmed asset. Uh, you'd literally go and kill your, your entire family. And another thing that they would do at Montauk is they would, anything you love, they would use against you. So to get you to listen, they would torture you, sure. But after a while, we kind of got used to it. We kind of, you know, and that was the point too. Is so when we got tortured on missions, we wouldn't, we wouldn't budge. That is... <laughs> devastating very devastating stuff i mean um yeah that's why in public is because it, it, it it's kind of been um presented as a science fiction time travel fairy tale and that's not what it fucking was that's not what it was for me and i want people to understand that it's really fucking important that people understand that 
this is okay so this is what i i do want to ask you this because i we have noticed that um well it was definitely the subject of two popular netflix series right stranger things did a version of it and and dark on netflix also has alluded to this other things have alluded to the montauk project i mean i think people do fantasize about um what these things were and and don't really get into the 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 grim awful details but my question for you is this sorry they look at it people can't understand it and they question whether or not it's actually even real there's like this wall up because of how 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 beyond it, their fishbowl reality that they're in it is so they look at it voyeuristically they don't look at it literally and for somebody that's experienced this for somebody that had that had to carry the uh yellow radioactive waste containers full of the dead bodies of children to the feeding room i had to fucking do that for me it's like not I can't look at it voyeuristically and I don't want people to look at it voyeuristically anymore. I want people to understand that it's real. I want the three letter agencies and the and the Air Force and all the military agencies involved in this to be tried in court. Um, I think that there are people that are still alive with names and addresses that need to be held responsible for what happened there. And I think that there needs to be a memorial for the thousands of people that died as a part of Project Phoenix um, at Camp Hero. There needs to be a memorial built because and we need to be allowed to grieve. We need to be allowed. We need to stop having a public that looks at this hypothetically because that doesn't allow us to grieve. Like this is real to us. And until the collective consciousness of humanity accepts it as a whole, it's not considered real. And it's like, we're not allowed to actually grieve what happened to us. Yeah. Like we're, we're sitting here trying to tell people about it and, it's like, you know, kind of like the Stranger Things thing you said. Like, people look at it like a, like a, like they're interested in, in the time travel aspect and all the other stuff that happened. And I don't blame them for it because it is, I mean, does, just because a lot of terrible things happen there doesn't mean that, that it isn't fascinating. In the same way that World War II or something like that can be fascinating when you learn the history of it. You don't have to, it doesn't mean you condone what happened, but... I just want people to understand that, like, um, you know, you got to treat it with the same same kind of care that you would treat, like, talking about the fucking Holocaust. Because as my uh, comrade, uh, John Whitberg, said in an interview that's coming out with him tomorrow that we did, um, it was a lot like Auschwitz. Like, the checking in process, like, everything that, like... The way they categorized everybody when they put you in there, like they hosed you down and you're naked in this processing room and all that stuff. It was like literally straight out of the Nazi concentration camp handbook. But they thrust us into these mind control programs and these uh, time travel programs and this military pro stuff. Like it, So it's a little bit different than just like to putting us there to – have us perish because we're a certain race or ethnicity or what have you. I don't want to compare the two things as the same thing. They're two totally separate things, but the fashion of how they funneled us all in there and the way they did it all, like I said, is out of the Nazi handbook and the, the project paperclip Nazis that we brought over here. Um, they were a part of the Montauk project. Like a lot of them were, uh, they gave them new names, new lives and they worked at Camp Hero 
and a lot of that was taking the the uh what the nazis were doing and applying it to the american empire instead of they tell you the history from the inside i mean from the outside you get and i know i I mean i've read peter moon's book on the montauk project i know that i've talked to several people who have you know kind of scoped out time travel historically or the alleged time travel and they connect the philadelphia experiment to montauk um what is your what is your take on it like how much do you know about the way it was actually formed historically um well i didn't get to montauk until i believe and this is a rough estimate and this is this is also from what other people have told me not from my memory because i don't think they're like telling me hey buddy it's 1984 but uh i'm pretty sure i got there in 1984 and i left like 2004 2005 and i wasn't even born until 1991 so that's another thing that people need to understand because the time travel thing they were snatching specific people for specific reasons um throughout history and I, I still don't completely understand why they took me i do understand some of it i have a connection to atlantis and they access my past life memories to open a portal to uh, uh atlantis because they it's called an access point if you don't have somebody that has experienced a place or can think of it or can imagine it you can't open a portal to it so so they would take people uh start that's a lot of reasons why they take certain star seats is because they would find out that they had a connection to a certain place that they wanted to go to, and they knew that they could open a portal to that place through these people. Um, so in a way, it's almost like we were the portals to the place. And yeah, we were kidnapped against use our will to give these people access to places that we all cared about a lot and didn't want them to have access to. And they took us as children to be able to do it. Um, but um, as far as like the the history of how it all was set up and how it was all started. I mean, I know it started as early as the fifties. Um, I know that like Penny Bradley is um, like an earlier, probably the first generation. And I think there's two to three generations. Um, and then there's an ongoing, there's, there's at least four generations of super soldiers. I would say, I know like for not like now, like, okay. Like, you know, how, like at Montauk, we were, programmed and broken and their altars were made through sexual torture um mm, and mm-hmm. that that gave the perps that were doing it like press nichols and these guys a lot of leeway to do a lot of sick shit that was unnecessary they didn't have to do it but the new there's there's more modern new ways to program it with vr and putting the kids on different psychotropic drugs and stuff like that to fracture their consciousness right but like the idea is like i guess like the military figured out like Fracturing their consciousness is an important part of the process and they want to do that, but you don't want traumatized alters. You don't want them to be totally fucking traumatized and like emotional and unstable. And they kind of just realize like, like the old way of doing things and is not as efficient as, uh, uh, as, as ways you can do it with technology and stuff like that. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's changed a lot over the years um the the portals um the portals were unstable at first um so they were taking homeless kids off the streets to send them through the portals because they wouldn't be missed Uh, also like they like hundreds of thousands of kids got got lost through time and broken up a little bit here though i'm not surprised what's up Oh, sorry. Yes, yes, yes. Um, 
classic classic you talk about something and uh, yeah um oh coincidentally it it stops working so wait you were saying that the homeless um the homeless kids that people weren't gonna miss quote unquote yeah okay so what they're doing is during the initial stages of montauk when they're figuring out the time tunnels they're taking homeless kids um off the streets literally just snatching them kidnapping them physically off the fucking streets um to send through the time tunnels and they're they're taking kids that are like junkies um homeless kids kids that they said wouldn't be missed um and they admitted this larry james and al bielik Larry james is still alive al bielik is dead admitted to this and and were asked if they felt bad about it and they said no fucking monsters like just but the, the people need to understand that they were, they didn't they had to figure out how the stuff worked it was avant-garde they figured it out as they went along um, when they first started using the Montauk chair, the chair, the trip chair, I talked to Andrew, Andrew Basiago about this briefly, and I'm supposed to be doing an interview with him in the near future. Um, when they put him in the, him in the Montauk chair, which was, this was ages before me being put in the chair, he saw multiple futures at once and all this stuff. And he didn't like physically go places. Yes. And, and when I talked to him about it, uh, I told him, well, I don't know if you're going to believe me, but we used it to open portals. And he said, no, that made sense. We just got them. We were still figuring out how to use them. And so that's something that's important for people to understand is that they figured it out as they went along. It was avant-garde research. Preston Nichols literally used that term. It was avant-garde research. And uh, so they're sending kids to the portals. They didn't always make it back. And they're picking kids that they didn't think would be missed. And they're treating us all like guinea pigs, like garbage. We weren't treated like human beings. We were treated worse than dogs. We were literally kept in dog kennels and fed dog food. Like, literally. Like, we were kept in fucking dog kennels. Like, and, and we're tortured and raped regularly in unimaginable ways. Like, I don't mean to get sidetracked. What was I trying to say? I was talking about, about the homeless kids. So anyway, they, 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 they got it set up better. And eventually they got it to the point where they would sit a kid in the trip chair. They would have a mirror set up in the room and a child would open up a portal through the mirror would turn the mirror into a portal and people would be able to literally walk through. And that was one of the ways that we opened portals and there was multiple ways to do it. Um, that was, that was one of the ways where we could just go anywhere we wanted to anytime as long as we had the right coordinates and the right information we could do it there was also a room full of, of portals at, at one point once they got a lot down and they're good at doing it they had a whole room full of portals that were all dedicated to certain time periods that we had to interact with a lot because we realized that if we went to a certain place over and over again we couldn't anymore if we kept on punching a hole in time and space eventually you couldn't so the best way to prevent that problem from getting in the way of us being able to go somewhere is just keep the hole open. So we had a room full of portals and uh, that, that went to certain different place, time periods that we were interacting with a lot. Um, and yeah, it, it, it got built from the ground up. They didn't know what they're doing initially. Um, uh, they took a lot of dead kids, um, a lot of dead children in order to figure out how these programs work, and 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 sometimes, um, these kids that disappear in front of their, their forest, the or the, their parents in national forests and stuff like that. Uh, I remember some of the kids that that we took, 
that we thought would be our best soldiers that would be like like the best because of who they were in history and whatever and what they became. We thought that we were like hit the lottery that we got them and we just totally broke them. Their consciousness was fried. It couldn't, like we're talking like you, you put them in a new body. They're still dead because we broke their consciousness. And I remember doing this to like kids who were supposed to grow up to be like almost Christ-like figures on this planet. Like they would have, and we, we tried to take them and harness their power and weren't able to, and just broke them. And these were kids that just disappeared on camping trips right in front of their families. Those, 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 those families that are still out there wondering what the fuck happened to their kids. Wasn't always Montauk. There's other groups that are taking your kids to, but I remember some of these kids that are on like the 411 missing program. I've seen some of them at Montauk. Um, so yeah, uh, it, it, it was built from the ground up. It, it wasn't always figured out. Um, I, I didn't, I wasn't there for the initial stages. I, I can't, I can't say how that, how, uh, you know, I, I've heard about the Philadelphia experiment. I wasn't there. I believe it's true. I believe that happened. Um, I, everything that uh, Al Bielik and uh, 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 Preston said about figuring out how to, and Larry James said about figuring out how to get the portals to work, it lines up. What I can tell you is they also were taking kids through a biker gang that they worked with, and they would come in with like a van full of kids, and that we would make trades with this biker gang. And this was an initially like you know, earlier in the project and um, these kids that would get taken in off the streets or through the spark gang or whatever, um, Al Bulek would take the kids aside and he would put out his hand or both of his hands and he would go like this and he'd go that one and, you know, that one, that one. He'd pick them out. And those were the ones that would be allowed to survive because they had some sort of psychic ability. And the other kids were just complete fucking fodder. They could get fed to Draco because we make trades with Draco. And, and something that we would give them that they liked a lot was literally kids to eat. We would do that. Like, um, so like, yeah, we, the kids that didn't have any abilities just totally literally treated worse than, than dog shit. Mm. And even the kids that had abilities were treated like dog shit. Um, and what they did is they, like I said, they, anything you, you cared about, they used against you. They would trauma twin you with, uh, somebody of the opposite sex and how they would do this is you'd be getting tortured or something like that. And they'd create a situation where you're, that this individual would want to step in and would step in and they'd allow it to happen where they'd save you or something like that. They'd, they'd, they'd have some sort of event occur to where you were there for each other in such a tangible way in this hell that you'd fall in love with each other and then you'd be bonded to them. And then it'd be like a carrot to dangle in front of you to get you to do what they want you to do. Like, like I said, the torturing eventually doesn't work. That's they're trying to desensitize us from torture so that we could get away with anything, do anything and never release information from where we came from. Um, but um, sorry, I'm having a brain fart. No, no, it's all good. I mean, you, you know what I think is very interesting about this is that you really do never. I mean, look, I, I've heard with the UFO situation, people talk all the time about really horrible abduction experiences they had. Some people talk about how, um, you know, the, the one time they were abducted, 
um they they saw something that they they've never been confronted with something as beautiful and mysterious and they go around chasing that experience for the rest of their life um everybody every kid everybody who who says they were involved in montauk it's always this bad i mean this is this is the thing that really is kind of interesting i mean you know if it if it truly were uh, a little it, clearly something needs to be investigated here because you would think maybe one kid would come forward or someone would come forward and be like that was part of this and uh, it was actually a really good experience i got the time travel i got to be a super soul no one says it's good i mean what would it, there's just such a such a darkness. it was very dark but to reiterate there were we had fun sometimes oh when that's interesting to know when we got sent on missions we would live whole entire lives um, during the peak uh, of the project in the mid-1970s, um, they were sending some of us on as many as five whole entire lifetime missions a day. And they realized that our psyche couldn't handle it. But um, we would live entire lifetimes on these time missions, depending on what we need to do. Um, sometimes we had quick in and outs, handshakes. We had They call them handshakes. There are moments in history where all you had to do, you, there are myriad periods of history where nothing we didn't have to touch them. In fact, when we created those periods, it was a celebration. Oh, everything that happens here fucking doesn't matter. Because it, it all comes out at this way during this massive event that happens during this year. So fuck, who cares what happens during this time? We, we loved it when that happened. But that, that moment would need to happen, and that was called a handshake. We call it a handshake. And you'd go there, and all you have to do is make sure this one fucking thing happened. And that one event would line up all these other events. Um, but um, it, it <clears throat> we made mistakes. We didn't always know what we were doing. I remember one of the things that would happen sometimes is I would come back through the portal and press and be like, oh, no, this is bad. This is bad. And I'd be like, what? What the fuck happened? And he'd be like, you did your job good, but we made four new timelines. There's four parallel timelines existing next to ours. We have to collapse them. We have to get them back together. We got to figure this out. I remember that. My Preston. How did he know? I mean, what what, is, what are the telltale signs that they're four timelines? The, is a machine okay, reading so, it? So, as I said, we figured out things as we went along. Okay. So we didn't always have that capability to immediately be able to tell. Uh, we got that technology from some group of ET that we made a trade with eventually where we could tell when we made two new timelines. But initially, get this, dude. Before we had that technology, um, they, they would literally send one of us to the gas station near Montauk. It's been me before. I literally got sent to a fucking gas station with money. And I'd go to the gas station and i try to buy something. And if they accepted the money, that was a sign that we didn't fuck up the timeline too bad. Interesting. But yes, but if I went in there and they didn't accept the money, I remember the guy would literally say, He'd look down at the money and look at me and go, we don't accept Monopoly money, son. <laughs> like, like uh, <laughs> yeah, like, and I remember I also had a red cloth on the wall in my quarters that had coins from all these different realities. Like, so like, I, and, and that's another thing that people need to understand too about Montauk is time travel is essentially creating alternate realities. Like even scientists will talk about this. Like you can't change events and not have them create. Cause like 
they change the future in everything, which means it's not the same reality anymore. So you're in 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 in, in effective effectively you're creating new realities. I, I now I know this is a scientific debate. Like some people would say that's not true. That's my opinion. Um, and uh, but we didn't just interact with with time travel. Montauk was also sending out people to other worlds, um, and we were time so like through space and time, like we we're doing time travel stuff on other planets, not just on Earth. And um, what was I going to say? So we we're doing time travel stuff. Oh yeah, and alternate realities as well. We were interacting with alternate realities, and and it's something that they will do. By the way, that is very common in these programs is these alternate realities are aware of each other. And when you have assets that become compromised or that they know in the future will become compromised because they have time travel access, what they'll do is they'll do a swap. They'll make an agreement with a faction from an alternate reality and do a swap. And so you get kidnapped and taken for like some, some, some program, like you're working for Solar Warden or something, and you come back and you go on the internet and you're talking about Solar Warden. And meanwhile, all the information that you're saying is inaccurate because you were part of Solar Warden in an alternate dimension where history is completely fucking different and Solar Warden isn't even the same organization as it is in, in this reality by any means. And they do this all the time. In fact, I don't even, I believe that I'm, I was swapped as a child and that this isn't even the original reality I'm from. Oh, interesting. Now, is there anybody close to you in your family that might that that uh has expressed behavior or, or has done has expressed anything or, or said done anything that makes you believe that uh or is no. it just normal to them i mean what no. i'm very curious about the people around you and, and how this like how this has affected them at all because you said your mom believes you about everything and always believed you so i'm i'm trying to even think i mean what was your childhood like were you doing this and telling her these things i mean uh yeah i know we're going in a different direction but but i am curious can you comment on that for a little bit um well like i said when i was a kid i didn't really know i was at montauk i didn't know i was a time soldier i thought i was getting abducted by aliens and i was getting abducted by aliens but there's more to it there's stuff going on at the school too or at the schools um you know, how close I, were you to montauk i'm in wisconsin so i'm not close to montauk but that doesn't matter because portals um, and right. I don't know if I was, I don't recall being brought to Montauk. I don't know if they took me through a portal. I don't know if I got took in a van, but I do remember being held in the cage. Um, I do remember being in the dog cage. Um, and I know uh, somebody that is from Appleton. There's, there's actually multiple people from the town that I live in that were at Montauk. Um, so there's got to be some sort of connection. Um, and there's also a, a, a dumb underneath uh, the city I live in, a deep underground military base. And there's a time travel project underneath there too. Because here's what they do is, they, is they'll put, there's towns all throughout the United States that they put assets in, right? Okay. And this is something that nobody else is fucking talking about. I, I'm pretty sure I'm the only person talking about it. Or at least I've never seen anybody else talk about it. But this is, this is important. They have towns they set up where they'll put assets in the town living together, right? And they all have different programming underneath. Like their cover altars have certain programming to interact with each other in a certain way. 
And what they do is they place certain assets in certain places at certain times to interact with each other. So we all mentally keep each other in like in our own like prison. I don't know how to explain it. Like wardens to our own mental prison. Like we have handlers in our lives that are also in the programs with you that they don't have no idea you're your, they're your handler partners that you end up dating that manipulate you in some way. And they, they don't even know why they're doing it, but it, it, you, you all think it's just that this is life, but no, they were in the programs. It's all there for a reason. Like I'm realizing that they set up our whole entire lives. That, the, the, like, like, like the city that I live in all sorts of assets everywhere, man, everywhere. People that I've seen on other planets, fucking everywhere in this town and it's because there's this underground facility that's monitoring us and our and our cover lives and there's super soldiers down there where if we're if i were to wake up and start going around and like fucking doing stuff with my mind or showing people that this is real they'd literally kidnap me and they'd deactivate me right they'd have it they have fucking people up here right away. And I'm not the only person who have noticed all the weird military presence in this town. It's not considered a military town on the surface, but there's weird shit going on here. And I'm not the only person who's noticed it. The regular people that live here notice the weirdness. Like somebody was telling me how there's an entrance to something underneath one of the bridges. And it's normally like a, there's a gate there and it's locked. But one day the gate was open and there are two fucking military guys and like military fatigues with guns standing there guarding the entrance. Like, so there's something going on here. And what it is, is they monitor our lives. And what they're trying to do is like, we, we can't be, they're trying to keep us under their thumb and it, they don't want our lives to be too good. Like they want, they want to be able to have the lives they give us on the outside of this life to be a carrot they can dangle in front of us. Like, like they make us, um, so, so what they'll do is like, for instance, they'll fall. I, they'll, they'll make you fall in love with somebody that for whatever reason you interact with them in real life but you can't be with them you guys can't be with each other even if you both have feelings with each other you can't be with each other but then in the lives that they let you live out there where you're in the programs you get to be with each other when you're on your off time you get to be with this person for a whole lifetime and not only that you have a lot at your disposal while you're out there sometimes now it is slavery and you are forced into it more or less, but they do try to give you things to motivate you like that. And, uh, um, but yeah, that you interact like this is more common than people think it is. And our whole lives are set up around it. Like the mind control is like certain people are set up with certain programming to interact with each other, certain ways to keep each other in a certain mind frame. And if somebody steps out of that, then they'll attack that person. Like that person will get attacked. I'm currently experiencing that right now. Um, and uh, what, what is yeah. that experience like? I mean, is it a is it a psychic attack? Do you see black copters? I mean, what it's, what it's can being told I'm not welcome places? Um, it's it's complicated. I don't want to go into my personal life too much, but like, um, basically, just like for instance, like I have a friend. We're not going to name their name. Obviously, they're not public. They don't know they're in the programs. They have no fucking clue. One of the programs that they have is like, even though we're friends, I'll show up to a place and be like, hey, and they'll like make me feel unwelcome. And it's really weird. And um, I realized it recently. And and, and, and actually, the, the reason why I realized all this stuff is I woke up one morning and I have an author. His name's Ryan Sterling. 
he has worked for the CIA in the past, uh, but he's mostly interacted with this planet called Centurion 5. But basically what he told me is he's like, hey, I'm just letting you know um, that town you live in is bad for you. You need to get out of it as soon as possible. It's mind controlling you. He said there's 34 people. 34 people set up to like, men, like he explained this, this mental corralling thing and all, all works. And he said, they're about to ra ramp up the programming and try to make like activate your abandonment programming. He's like, it's really important you see through it and see, see it for, for what it is. Like, and I would have to go into extreme detail, like my private life, my personal life to like explain all of the things. But yeah, there's been um, just a lot of weird, weird stuff going on since that happened. And uh, I understand what he's saying. I also had an interaction with um, Willem Dafoe is in the programs. And he has an altar underneath Appleton, just like me. And we both altered out for a minute. Like, I was Ark, and he was Willem for a second. But we were, like, also aware of who we were down there. And Willem was telling me, son, I'm really disappointed in you. He's like, I got the fuck out of that place as soon as possible. He's like, how are you still there? Like, you need to know that they're going to, like, that what they're, what, what they're going to try to do to do to you there is they're going to try to kill you. He's like, you need to leave that town. And this was shortly before, like I said, I got that message about the 34 people and all that stuff. And I didn't even place it together. Like, get this. I worked at this school and I was cleaning a school, okay? And the school is connected to the programs, Okay. There's an elevator there that's connected to the deep, deep, deep underground military base. I don't know when they took it from me, but I know I was fucking training kids that went to that school. I, was, I trained them here on Earth, and then I also have an altar that was training them for Mars Defense Force on Mars. And um, I, I was having weird experiences happen at this place. Like, and they all think it's haunted. The people at the school, I had to quit. I couldn't take it anymore. I had to quit the job. It was too fucking freaky. But they all think the school was haunted. But, okay, remember I, I, I saw Willem Dafoe. He was in this white uniform wearing a white jumpsuit. And I was wearing a white jumpsuit. And this, this dumb that's underneath, app, like, where I live, it's all white. Everything's white. Like, white everything. White on white. And, anyway, I'm talking to the engineer one day at the school. And I'm telling him about the weird stuff that's happened to me and stuff. And, um, like, but not going into how it's making it sound more like it's ghosts, you know, but just saying, yeah, I've had weird stuff happen to me. And she was just saying how, yeah, um, everybody quits the job because they don't like, like if, if people freak out, she was talking about how some Hmong guy worked at the school and he had this like religious amulet that he would kiss every time before he walked into the building. Like, yeah, dude. And, um, anyway, like, uh, <laughs> what? Yes. I'm Is this school that this school's still there? It's still there. I don't want people to look into it. I don't. No one that is. No one is that at that at this school is aware of what's going on, and this is happening at schools all across the country. So I don't want people to get the idea like we need to stop this. Like, and I don't. I actually had people track down the school and find this from another another interview I did. So hopefully I haven't given enough information where they can fucking do that again. Are but, you telling yeah. me that they located this elevator? Um, no, no. People just. I got messages from people asking me about the school I worked at with pictures of it and stuff like oh, screenshots. It's the school. And I was like, Oh my God. Like, I don't want people to know the actual school. You know what I mean? Like I want the teachers that work there to be safe. I want the kids to be safe. Nobody here has any idea what's going on at the surface level. Anybody that is in the programs there, they're all throwing out. You know what I mean? Like, 
Um, but yeah, no, there's an elevator. It, it goes down, goes down to uh, a deep underground military base. There had been times where I, I got on the elevator and they, they, uh, it would go down instead of up and it would open from behind me and they'd grab me. Um, and um, I, I, I altered out, they had an altar that was training the kids down there. I was training them how to use their abilities. I remember how the guy briefed me on how I was going to get sent to get trained to use my abilities in combat. Remember that? That's real. What happens is they get trained how to use their abilities on Earth, like rudimentary, like floating spheres with your telekinesis, um, crushing cans with your mind, stuff like that. Then they get sent to Mars to actually use those abilities in combat. So I had an altar here that was teaching them how to use the abilities, rudimentary, and then I had another altar on Mars, or I, I still do, that was teaching them how to use the abilities in com combat. My altar on Mars is named Jack Fletcher. Um, they call him Fetcher because he's a, he before he was work, doing training kids and stuff like that. He did courier work and delivery work and stuff like that, um, and transport work basically, bringing people stuff and people from one place to another. That was like kind of his job. So they call him Fetcher. But um, yeah. Uh, anyway, so with the Willem Dafoe thing, sorry, I keep on getting sidetracked here. What's weird about me remembering the white suit is like this engineer that I was talking to. She said that. One day, so it's connected. I, I don't want to give away too much information, but this the school's connected to like an, a a church, I guess. And um, at the church, a kid in a white jumpsuit appeared in the bathroom. Just appeared in the bathroom while this woman was in there, and she was like, and it was before it was the church was open, and so she was just like, "How do you get in here? Hey, where'd you come from?" And she's like, "You shouldn't be in here." And she was like in the stall or whatever, you know, and like she had to like, then she went out and he was gone. And um, they looked on the cameras. No, no kid had ever entered the school. No, there's no in and out like, and it may, it may, it makes me think I've been here listening on journey to truth. Like uh, certain people have talked about how bathrooms will be access points and you can, you have, you have to do something so weird and complicated you never think to do it but if you did that thing you'd womp appear in another place you know what i mean and i kind of when i heard that i thought eh, that sounds kind of harry potter that sounds kind of wild right but then when i hear this lady talking about this kid in a white jumpsuit just appearing in the bathroom and i had weird stuff in the bathroom too where like i remember one time i was using the bathroom and i could hear people talking but i was a janitor cleaning the school at night there was no one there like, and uh, there's another thing that happened. Get this. So I was talking to a teacher about how weird this all, like, you know, just weird stuff that happened to me. Like I've heard voices, this and that. And so she put a recorder in one of the rooms, in her room, overnight. Get this. And at like three o'clock in the morning, all of a sudden you hear some people shuffle in there. And they're walking around. And then all of a sudden you hear, shh. And then it goes quiet. Like. And if you walk into that school, okay, oh if you walk into that school, an alarm goes off after midnight. Between midnight and whenever they open up the school, if you try to go in that school, an alarm will go off. doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter if you're a teacher who forgot something that you need. The alarm goes off. So the only way to get in that school would either be that elevator or a portal. I think a portal because you don't hear a door open or anything. Like, and there's got to – it's just, yeah, something weird going on. And then there's another thing. I'm I, like, there's like this light by the, 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 the garbage that like, I swear to God, like 
it will it, it turns on and when it turns on it means something like it turns on during certain times like i've been looking at this stuff recently like this the shadow government whatever you want to call them the luciferian order the mafia that's controlling this fucking planet they have little symbols for each other all over the place like ways that they communicate with each other and i couldn't help but think that that was going on with that light at that school like it was really i don't know how to explain it like my partner uh, picked me up from work one time and they, and they realized it too. They're like, why is that light just like, like we're leaving and it, it would turn on when I was leaving. I was like letting them know it's safe. The building's empty again. I don't know. It's weird to do like, um, but yeah, just well, there's, it, it goes so much deeper than people realize. And that's why I'm public. I'm not public to tell people space stories. Um, I'm, I'm public because I'm trying to tell you, you might've been in space. You might be part of these programs too. Why are you watching these videos? Why are you suddenly so interested in this subject? Like, this is far-reaching. And people oftentimes will be like, oh, you need to have, like, abilities. You need to be special. It's like, first of all, everybody's special in their own way. Everybody has their own unique abilities. And, you know, also, you got to keep in mind, like, who's to say they don't need guys just strip mining asteroids for lithium or... um cobalt or whatever other you know weird metals and stuff that they might need like who's to say that they're not just throwing average joes into clone bodies to build pyramids and shit who knows like i just really think that the idea that this is only touching a small handful of people i would love for that to be true but like i like at least hundreds of thousands of people on earth right now are who are alive are in these programs or assets in these programs to maybe millions. And I would err towards millions probably. Like, I, because I just don't, I don't think people understand what's going on here. It's like, you can throw a, a person's consciousness into a, a clone and kidnap them. And there's no repercussions for it. And you just have free labor for a whole 20 to 60 years. Like, why wouldn't they just go apeshit with that if they have the capability to do it? Like, why wouldn't they just use it over and over again as much as possible? I'm telling you, they do. And people just think like, people think it's like, so like, I don't know, man. Like they, 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 they mystify it. They put this ethos around it. They try to make it like, like I said, like it's science fiction. It's magical. It's Disney world or something, but it's like, it's not, it's war. It's the military. Why do you think that they don't want you to know about the fact that portals are real? Do you think do you think that they want average John or Joe or Tommy or Paul to just have a fucking portal? The access to a portal? Do you think do you think that that technology should be like should the average civilian just be open able to open up a portal and go wherever they want? Of course not. Of course that has military applications and would be kept secret. Like for me like People try to act like this is all crazy and bizarre and like wild. And for me, it's like, dude, use your brain. It's actually fucking common sense. Like, of course, this would be military. Of course, they they, they would be kidnapping people and, and throwing them into clones and all this stuff. When you think about it, like it, it, it's really not that complicated. It's really well, I guess it is. It is complicated, but it's also simpler than people make it out to be, I think. Do you have normal days? <laughs> Do you? I mean, it's been a while since I've had a normal day. 
I'm 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 I go I have PTSD. Now it's really hard, man. Like yeah. disassociative identity disorder. I'm seeing a therapist. Like he wants me to take pills because I'm having delusional thoughts. I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, I'm not delusional. I literally do interviews on the internet, like telling people about this stuff when people are listening to me. Like, I'm not delusional. This is real. I don't need medication. I need therapy. Like, and it's just hard. It's it's hard. It's hard to, you know, like I got a job cleaning a school, like, and I find out that I'm it has to do with the programs and I'm getting kidnapped and shit. Like, I shouldn't have to worry about that. Like, that's traumatizing. Like, yeah. So like, yeah, no, it's not fun for me. It isn't, it isn't fun for me. And I really, really want people to understand that this is not fucking fun for any of us. None of us are having a fucking good time. Really Do not. you think, I mean, I, I, and here is kind of where I think we're going to uh, encounter a lot of issues and, 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 you know, look, I mean, you're, you're, you're clearly a, a well-spoken, intelligent guy. Um, so I, I bet from the outside, you can at least maybe empathize with the issue, which is that people. Okay. So we have the government that's come forward and soft disclosed that there are things in the sky that they can't explain, but they haven't come forward about Montauk at all. Um, is there any possible way? Is there any whistleblower document, uh, a smoking gun, anything that is going to happen in the Montauk project community that's actually going to get people to go, I don't think this is just science fiction. I think this actually is real. Well, um, Doris Neely who is um, a former CIA archivist had files of different super soldiers or assets. I think the term assets better because not all of us are even soldiers, um, but different assets in the program. Um, and she had my files. She had, diff- uh, you know, all these different people's files. She verified me on air um, on Penny Bradley's show that, that I was there and she seen my files um, however, um, her house burned down three days later after that, after oh, she went on the internet that I had the files, her house fucking burned down. Okay. And now she's in FBI custody. So no, I don't have physical documentation, but I would say that's all a little suspectful. It's, just, it's a little sus, isn't it? Like, like the fact that <laughs> yeah. the house burns down and then she gets taken in FBI custody, like not moments after she said, yeah, Montauk's real and you all were there. Like, and it's messed up because her son was part of the project and she would, she, she didn't even tell her own son. She let him figure it out on his own. He was like interviewing people and stuff. And he, he finally like asked her like, mom, am I a part of this stuff? And she's like, yeah, you are. It's like, wow. <laughs> like it's, it's deep, but also like somebody does need to figure that. I kind of understand why, you know, if she were to watch this or something or find this, I can understand why she'd want to tell her son about it. Cause it is a lot of trauma to unpack. And how do you even tell? And she also took an oath, but you know, she, once the cat's out of the bag, it's out of the bag. She started talking. And um, that is why she got uh, let go from the CIA, by the way, too. Uh, you can look cause um, she, she got, she hasn't worked for the CIA in quite a long time, but, with the time travel stuff, I do believe her. I believe that she could have our files. I believe that she could have, you know, snuck some files out and all these years later still had them. Because um, her job was to take 
all the files that were on paper and put them on a computer. So they just, you know, there's a good chance that she snuck some files. Um, and she claimed that she did and her house got burned down. So put two and two together. Oh, great. Well, that's not helpful for us. Uh, I mean, what about what about this is um, well, OK, so I've heard Preston Nichols talk about this or, or the reason Preston was able to come forward and talk about it as freely as he was now. That's another complicated character. I, I understand this could be going down some really dark territory, but assuming let's let's take like public Preston Nichols going forward, talking about Montauk. He said he could talk about it because he didn't have to sign something that that made him obligated to be silent. Do you buy that story? Um, well, I think that he his story that he told is basically that he didn't know he was in the program initially. Um, yes. He was at Brooklyn having labs, and then he realized he was living this double life. Um, I think that's quite possible. I think it's possible that, that the reason why I was able to talk is because he didn't sign a non-disclosure agreement. Um, I also think that um, I was, uh, I think that um, there were people in the program who wanted him to talk, who threatened him to talk. Um, like, um, I think that if it were up to him, he probably wouldn't have came public, actually. I think that he got forced into going public. And I think that um, he didn't tell the truth a lot of the times. Like, for instance, like, uh, well, not to change the subject, but he lied a lot. He he called it the, the Montauk Boys program. There are women there. How could he have a program where you're time traveling and changing the timeline and you have no woman? That's stupid. That doesn't even make sense. There are women there, and not only that, they're breeding us with each other. And that's 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 something that I, I want to bring up, and it has to do with the whole setting up our lives things. Is like what they would do at Montauk is if if is if we there's all sorts of sex happening there. And if we got a woman pregnant. They would take the embryo. They would have a surrogate on the outside of the time bubble, on the outside of Montauk, okay? They would put, and it'd be during a time in their life where they they get, if they got pregnant, they wouldn't be like, oh, I didn't have any sex there. It'd be during a time where they're sexually active, so it would make sense for them to get pregnant. They'd put the embryo in there. Once the, once the kid got to, like, three years old or whatever, you take them, maybe it was, I think it was actually, like, six uh, not three. That's a little too young. But we take them there once they're old enough to understand what's going on. Talk, basically. Um, we would take them there and mind fracture them. And then um, after we mind fracture them, we would send them back to get grown. And then when they're around 15, we take them back and um, we would train them and stuff. And this just made it all faster. And, you know, you got to understand from our, from our standpoint, I was like, all right, put the embryo in there. All right. Two minutes has passed. All right. Grab them. All right. Two minutes has passed. All right. Grab them again. Like that's what these portals allow. Like it's like things that, that happen in 30 years span in that room happen in five minutes. Like, then that's something that people can't wrap their mind around, but I, I witnessed it on a regular basis. Yeah. I, I I also wonder, you know, with with Preston, um, and I mean, what why is this guy 
getting away his activities the the things that he did as i mean let, let's just put it out there he was a pedophile um yeah. according to almost everybody um yeah. what does that have to do with the project at all with the project yeah did, did was that just like his predilection coming forward do you think that was set up did they know he was going to be an abuser of children when they brought him in i mean i i, I don't even understand yeah. why they needed somebody who was willing to break us. They needed somebody who was a sociopath. They needed somebody who, who was willing to torture little kids. And they got it. So, you know, he did a great job of what they wanted him to do. So, yeah, uh, their only problem, only the only thing problem that they ran into is he, he enjoyed it too much. And he did things that were unnecessary. Like yeah. uh, he, he brought his dog from off base to participate in child sex orgies. And, yes, he had an author. His author's name was Nicholas. But – um. I think after a certain point, he was aware of what was going on. And uh, I just I just want to say, like, he's not alive to be able to defend himself. I did terrible things as Jacob. Um, I I had to program people. I had to torture people. I had to rape people. I'm, I'm, I'm admitting it. it's part of the reason why I'm coming forward is, is the, the truth. That's the truth. Like, that's what happened there. And the programmed had to program the program, the program, like it just self-perpetuating. If you didn't hurt, you got hurt. That's how the program worked. They made it work. They made us ruthless. And uh, so, yeah, they needed somebody willing to do that. They didn't, they didn't want to put somebody in there that was going to feel sorry for us. They needed somebody who was willing to throw us in a dog cage and go home at the end of the night. And that's what they got with them. They did it. He did a good job at what they wanted him to do. Just awful. My gosh. Uh, you also link, I mean, MK Ultra. Um, they were doing MK Ultra style things there, though. Is this uh, this is this is um, mind you, control? Yeah, you would call yourself an MK Ultra whistleblower as well. Yeah, I mean, that's what my MK Ultra is. It's yes, it's people, and that's been it. that's out there. I mean, that is very public. That is like for sure they were doing stuff. There is no question there. Yeah, and it's 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 not yet. I don't think it's up for debate. And um, I just think that uh, yeah, MK Ultra um, mind control uh, that is like more of mon. Like okay, when people say it, the Montauk Project, it's never actually called that. There is no Montauk Project, but uh, relatively speaking. Um, you could call the Montauk Project everything that occurred at Camp Hero at Montauk Point, right? Um, and so, in in that sense, um, I would say ninety percent of what occurred there was like had to do with mind control and controlling people's minds. But maybe that's an exaggeration. At least half of it, though, dude. It was like a lot of it. And um, you know what they would do with Montauk, Montauk. So. What people need to understand about Montauk also is it was it was, a, it was like a ground zero for a lot of other programs. Like Looking Glass started at Montauk. Like it got moved and then Looking Glass was its own thing. Um, I wouldn't say moved, but they took Montauk assets and put them in Looking Glass. Like they got a lot of things from Montauk. Uh, you know, they would, and a lot of people that worked at Montauk did get transferred to area 51 i remember that like regular like all right you're never gonna see me again i'm going to area 51 i remember that uh, yeah and not just area 51 either 
uh, other 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 programs as well. Um, another thing, yeah, I, that I would maybe like to touch on a little bit too is like, so it was mind control going on in Montauk, and and because of that, there was a recording studio there. There was a recording studio at Montauk. Preston Nichols has a book, whole book about it, The Music of Time, um, and it is true. 100% without a doubt that lots of famous songs were written at Montauk. Songs that are claimed by people who did not write them. Um, I wrote the song uh, You You Belong to Me, which is an old song that was sang by all sorts of people, covered by all sorts of people. I fucking wrote that song. Um, there's also the song uh, um, At Last by Etta James. Um, I didn't write that song. Somebody else in the program wrote that song, but Coincidentally enough, some of these people, you look into them, there's a trail. Guess who wrote At Last? Uh, can't, can't remember his name off the top of my head, but it was the head of the Air Force band. The band for the fucking Air Force. So my, yeah. my friend, my mutual, my comrade, somebody who survived this shit with us, like, dude, I wrote At Last. You know, like, they're freaking out over it. When you get these memories back, it's intense. It's, it's an emotional song. You, you wrote that song, it to be loved deeply. And I look it up just because I'm curious, and it's an Air Force guy wrote it. Like, come on, it's comical. Like, there is a paper trail for this shit if you look, you know. But uh, also, um, Phil Spector literally worked with Phil. Phil, uh, excuse me, with Preston Nichols. Preston Nichols was the sound engineer for Phil Spector. Phil Spector being the guy who recorded the Beatles, um, uh, the Ronettes, um, all these different uh, famous. 50s doo-wop bands and stuff like that um and uh yeah that was um he took a lot of his knowledge that he learned working with phil specter and he brought it to to montauk and he forged connections with people through his music industry connections to be able to steal our songs and sell them to people to use for funding montauk literally they would do that another thing that we would do is what we would do sometimes if you needed money or whatever, if we needed, if, even if we wanted somebody to come aboard and be an asset, we would do this too, is we would send a guy, and sometimes, a lot of times, it was John Whitberg, and he would wear, a, a, like, a gray, gray suit, you, you know these stories of selling your soul to the devil? We would literally get people to sign, like, contracts, like, hey, we'll give you the song, it'll make you rich and famous, uh, we'll connect you with this record label, whatever, uh, all you gotta do is sign here, and, you know, you sold your soul to the devil. Well, the devil wasn't the devil. It was a fucking time soldier from Montauk. And people like Marilyn Monroe literally signed a contract. She signed a contract. Like, uh, people like, um, pretty sure we got Janis Joplin to sign one. Um, we got different people throughout history just literally sign their souls away to these organizations. Um, and, uh, yeah, and um, a lot of times the music that we would give these people in exchange for their soul was music that was written at Montauk that we knew from other timelines and stuff like that or whatever. We knew that it would, it would be, it would, it would work well for them and that it would be a, a famous song or whatever. And not that every time it worked, but when a guy comes through a portal with a briefcase with a song in it, that sounds really good and tells you oh, it'll make you rich and famous. You believe them and you sign the contract and it didn't work every time. It wasn't foolproof. Sometimes the songs would flop. But it didn't matter. We got them to sign a fucking contract. But um, yeah, that was a way that we would get people to agree to sell their soul. And for me, my soul was owned by Marduk. Now, this is a complicated thing. 
Um, and Montauk was leasing my soul from Marduk, who I don't think he owns my soul anymore. But during that time, he considered my soul his property and he was leasing it. So I think there's an aspect to this where they do make people sign contracts. And yeah. I, 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 um, but like, for instance, like, and I keep on bringing you up. I talked to him a lot. He's, he's a good friend of mine and we did serve together and went through hell together. Uh, John Whitberg remembers during one of the times where he got taken, his mom was there and they literally put a gun to her head and made her sign contracts. And I remember a recent thing where I served on this planet called Malbec in an alternate dimension for 20 years, literally February 12th is when this happened. And I remember I signed contracts. I don't remember why, but I think there's this aspect where they do get us to sign contracts, but it's kind of like forced, right? It seems like a lot of times it's forced. And not only that, you're lying to them. You're, I'm the devil, like sell your soul to me. Like that's not, I don't know how well it would hold up in court if you were to actually take it to court. You know what I mean? But I think their idea is, oh, well, this probably isn't ever going to go to court. But if it were to go to court, hey, we got these contracts. You literally signed up for this. Meanwhile, like uh, I remember getting pulled out of talented and gifted. And when I signed up, when I asked all those questions, I remember signing contracts. Dude, I was I was I was uh, in second grade. I wasn't even 12. I was nine or whatever. Like that's not going to hold up in court. Like, you know what I mean? Like if my mom signed contracts, it's the military that's not going to hold up in, in court. Like so. My whole thing is like, yes, like, like, let's like have this go to court, um, which is why, like, I really want to talk to Andrew Basiago. I, I'm he agreed to do an interview with me, we just haven't set in stone the date yet. But he's a lawyer and he knows these programs are real and he's done time travel. And I can't wait to ask him about what he thinks legally how this would all hold up in court and how we could actually take this thing head on because. In order to have uh, a lawyer to actually properly answer those questions, they need to understand time travel and stuff. And he's the only lawyer that like, understands that shit that I know of. So that should be. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he's one of the smartest people I've ever spoken to. I mean, he's uh, he's definitely um, he could shed some very interesting light on that, along with uh, who's the other guy. I think that would be intriguing to talk to about Montauk is Alfred Weber. Um, I'm trying to interview that guy from, uh, I believe it's Exo Politics University. Um, he was, uh, yeah, he was like a judge or something, and he's he's talking all about uh, the temporal battles and whatnot. And um, I, I mean, I think there's there's definitely something going on. Everybody, well, I know for a fact that there is a lot of people who are living around Montauk, around Camp Hero that have always felt that something weird is going on there. Yeah. I mean, you've got stories of uh, deers, just like deer, like charging into like places in mass and just like weird stuff. Uh, they're testing the mind control stuff on the animals there. And there's evidence of that. <laughs> like, um, so yeah, there, I, I can only imagine. I mean, at one point, I don't know when this was, but at one point, a a fucking phoenix escaped from Montauk and was flying over Montauk. Like, escaped from Camp Hero was flying over the base. That happened. And a fucking uh, a, a helicopter had to come, or a military jet or something, had to come and shoot it down. And a fucking phoenix fell from the sky onto the ground. That really happened. Like, you saw this? I was the phoenix. 
you were the Phoenix. That's oh the first God. time that I was Mon- at Montauk was as a Phoenix, which I know sounds batshit insane, but I used to be an avian being uh, with the starseed thing. Uh, um, I was like, a, you know, a bird, a bird person, you know, a lot like the blue avians that Corey Good talks about. That guy is full of shit, though. We weren't what not all blue, first of all, and we're not all good. We're like just like people. And uh, a lot of us were bad and actually were using humans as slaves. But um, I got killed by Uriel, Archangel Uriel. Got stabbed. And my people were leaving or already left, so I couldn't get on the Ark. Mm. And I incarnated. The only, the best way I knew how to incarnate was as a phoenix. So for like hundreds of years, I lived in some jungle somewhere. And I lived a very private life. And then uh, eventually the portal opened up and I, there's, you know, craft and I, I got kidnapped and brought to Montauk and then they brought me there to open the portal to Atlantis. That's why they took me. They, when I talked about being taken to open the portal to Atlantis, I was a phoenix. I was ch- chained to the wall and they literally just used me to open a portal to Atlantis and I somehow escaped. They shot me down and then I woke up as a fucking human after that. And they scooped me up again and made me a time soldier. Holy moly. Do you wish you could just be a phoenix? Of course. Phoenix can open portals and go anywhere they want in time and space. Same thing with dragons. Like, so of course I wish I was a phoenix instead of a fucking human being that has to go to work and fucking... Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, 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 <laughs> I mean, that would be very cool if we can all uh, become mythical creatures out of this program, though I don't believe that's going to happen. Um, just because, you know, it, it's. Well, mm, 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 mm. oh, gosh, now I forget my 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 question for you. Oh, I was going to ask you this abilities. Yeah, because we you I've heard you talk about this before um, that, you know, ultimately even though they were experimenting with the the far reaches of human potential, I mean, telekinesis, telepathy, um, you know, teleportation, time travel, all this stuff that um, human consciousness probably is able, well, supposedly is able to do. Um, just look at the CIA gateway process. I mean, it's, it's all there. Um, they ultimately are trying to suppress these abilities too. Yeah, that's a lot of what Montauk was, was suppressing these abilities in the in the public through different frequencies. I would say Wi-Fi is probably a part of it um, through just all sorts of different stuff. But yeah, they're they don't want people with abilities. They want a docile, controlled public. And, um, you know, that's what they have. Like, uh, and it's unfortunate, you know, I wish I could show people my abilities i wish i had them still but they shut them off they turn them off and that is a part of it is it's not just about um taking you and using your abilities and weaponizing them it's also about making sure that there aren't people walking around with these abilities so it's like they turn us on in the programs to use us but also part of it is making sure we're shut off and uh when i talked about that uh base underneath uh where i live 
they have time travel capabilities and they literally make microscopic alterations to our lives all the time to try to prevent us from waking up and activating. Like if, let's say there's some event that occurs where it wakes me up and it activates me, they will literally go back in time and change it so that event never occurs. And they've done that to me over and over and over again. They do that to most of us, I think. That is uh, fascinating. I mean, do you... Was there a period in your life um, that you remember where where you did have these abilities? I mean, what what and and what were those abilities? Um, I remember my friend who they recently killed because he probably was starting to realize that what I was talking about was true. He just died. One of the people that they killed with one of the remote weapons. I'm pretty sure he was the guy who was there when I was when I woke up and I was doing the automatic writing. Um, I saw him control the wind. He could control the wind. And he was also at Montauk. And I went to school with him. And he was one of my best friends growing up. Oh, my um, gosh. Well, I'm sorry to hear that he just died. I mean, what, what he just died? What, 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 it was a mysterious circumstances? Just had a seizure out of nowhere and died. Never had a seizure before in his life. Didn't have any pro- health problems. Just oh, died. Gosh. Yep. Awful. Um, I know he was part of the programs. I also recently interacted with him on Jupiter Station. He has an alter named Franklin. Um, so yeah, imagine what that feels like, that your friend's dead and everybody around you knows they're dead. Their mother lives close enough to where you could walk to their house and you so badly want to tell them, look, he's still alive. He's still out there. Like I just interacted with him recently. It's just a different version of him. He's German, but he has the same laugh, the same smile, the same care for the people around him in his life. That shit's hard to deal with, dude. Like. Like your friends are dead, but they're still out there in space and you know it. Like, and the fact that I think that they killed him because of his interaction with me and the fact that if he were to come forward and and say what happened to him, man, he was a very logical person. Like a very like, not like, you know, into crystals and like a lot of the people in this community are, you know, like they're very spiritual, whatever you want to call it. He wasn't like that. And so if he were to come forward and be like, there's something to what this guy's saying and I think I'm involved too. That would have blew the lid on a lot of shit, I think, for a lot of people in this town that are in the programs. And yeah. I think that – and I've been seeing in his mom's posts about, like, like it seemed like you knew. Like, you, like I know you knew. I wish you would have told me what, what you, how you knew and stuff. It's really weird. It's really creepy. I don't like bringing it up. I like to res- I try to respect the dead. But, like – Do you – why do you think you're safe? Or do you not? Um, because they want to use me. Because, because I, I, I'm worth a lot of money and they don't want to just give up on me. They've sunk billions of dollars into me, if not more than that. At, le- at least millions, if not billions, right? Like, so, like, they don't want to just give up on me right away. And, and who the fuck actually believes me? That's the thing that's bothering me. I'm screaming at the mountaintops. How many, how many people watch all these? We got, like, what, like, 90 different little channels, like, here that a handful of people watch. For meanwhile, the shit should be on CNN. It should be on Dateline. Should, it doesn't matter. Like only a small amount of people actually believe it, and until a, enough percentage of the population believes it, to where like something like Montauk does go to court, like it's not going to matter to them. And I, 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 you know, I really, honestly, sometimes I can't even properly answer that question for you. But for me, I think that it is, it's because they have me under control now, and if I were to reincarnate. Maybe they wouldn't have control of me. I don't know. I, I can't explain to you why they let me live. Yeah. There has to be 
a reason though. There, they, there has to be a reason why. I mean, you've come forward a lot recently, which makes me think. Uh, it, it, Here's what, what I think. Actually. I, I, I can explain it. I am a very public person. I, it, when we talked before this interview, I used to do music full time for a living. And ever it, once I went public, that, that went up the window for me for, for a lot of different reasons. Some of it maybe had directly having to do with the fact that I, I that I'm associated with this, and a lot of people associate with like alt right or whatever, which I'm fucking not. I'm actually more of a leftist than anything. But that we're not talking about politics doesn't matter. Shit doesn't matter. But um, basically, like I have enough people out their eyes on me because of the life I've lived. Like I'm I'm a semi famous person, to where like if I were to be like, hey. They're doing this stuff to me and then they're going to kill me. People would be like, well, okay, they're telling the truth properly. Like it would make it, it, it would make me a martyr. And then more people would watch my videos and it would cause this, it would make me more popular than I am now. Like, like I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if they were to kill me overnight, my videos would get hundreds of thousands of more watches and stuff because people would be like, wait, they killed this guy. So I think they're doing less and less than that. I think like I think like 10, 20 years ago, yeah, they just fucking kill people. Fuck it. Right out in the open, basically. Not even that long ago. Five years ago they were doing this shit. But now it's like I don't know, like it depends on who you are. They can't really get away with it with everyone. Like Yeah. Like it is happening. Like if you are somebody who's thinking about being public, be careful, because they do kill people for talking about this stuff. But also They've got a lot of false, foolproof, like a lot of fail-safes. Like, again, um, most of the service that I do is in alternate dimensions. Like, when I'm out in space doing stuff, it, it wasn't until recently I figured out it's in alternate dimensions. They're taking me to alternate dimensions. So when I come out here and go on the internet, I'm talking about it. I'm talking about dimension 7589B, not the one that I'm in now. You know what I mean? Like, so, like, it... it it's irrelevant, and they're doing this all the time. They have fail safes. They have ways, to, and again, not that many people care. That's the sad truth. Not that many people actually care about this stuff. Not that many people are actually listening. Thank you, God bless. It's the people like you, Greg, and all your viewers. Who people are listening. I don't want to throw you out the window. Like I appreciate you all so much, but the public at large is not really listening. They're not. So it's like. How am I a threat to anything? How is a crazy tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist that says he's the time traveling space wizard, as people like to call me, like that's what people call me, like literally, like Ryder Lee he called me. A, uh, I say I'm a time traveling space wizard. That's what he called. Me. It's a funny haha joke to them. Like this is a guy who interviews people about UFOs and he's pointing and laughing at me. And now you want to like the the average guy who works at fucking. Uh, walmart or, or uh, starbucks or wherever the fuck to you know the average person that you know like to, to, to wrap their their mind around it when mr uh i interview people about aliens and ufos doesn't even want to believe it's real i mean it's just like we have a hell of a lot we're up against as long as they keep the disinformation thicker than the actual factual information as long as they have more quarry goods than people like me which by the way our videos get what hundreds of views, thousands of views. Sometimes Journey to Truth is probably one of the, the, the most popular out of the Truth movement. They get like what twenty k views sometimes in some of their videos. Corey Good 
surpasses all of that, and he's a total fucking charlatan bullshitter. So it's like, even the people who look into this and take it seriously, half the time they're led astray by some charlatan or somebody who's just straight up lying, a disinformationist. Because there's all sorts of disinformationists in this community, whether they're willingly disinformationists or whether they are in the programs, they are MK Ultra, and their cover author is doing work. Like, that's another thing people need to understand is like, they got people doing work in the here and now. Like, you don't need to, your cover author, they can activate your cover author to do stuff or have you author out and you don't even realize it and you're doing stuff. So, like, a lot of these people in the community that are, the word for it i don't know just antagonizing people make you know what i mean like a lot of these people like why do you think that is it's because they're sent there to distract people like for instance like with the stuff with Ryder lee and other things like that for a while there, that's all anyone was talking about was like whether this is real or not like i i, I did two videos on that like d- confronting the reality of that that's like, meanwhile, like, should what's we, your like, answer to that? What, what that? is what is your answer to is this real or not? Because I do think it is kind of one of the I mean, it is the the biggest thing in the public's minds. Certainly, it's real. Camp Camp Hero is a real place. Anybody I, I've heard people say you can go there and check it out and there's nothing there. Yeah, they filled it with cement, dumbasses. You can see the video. Preston Nickel. <coughs> All right. This is what blows my mind. Preston Nichols in the fucking early 2000s, late 90s, literally said this was all happening and literally went on camera and said, I was sodomizing little boys. He literally fucking said that. Everybody's just like, okay, man. So time travel. Tell us about the time travel. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's like, messed up. He he showed, he has a video, that he, a VHS tape that he showed where he, this is where we kept the Montauk boys. They were all naked. We hosed them down. And it's like, Dude, the people that did this literally admitted to doing this, and people are like, so how do you prove it's real? It's like, I'm floored. I'm floored. Like, what the fuck do you think they're doing there? Like, why do you think there's uh, at least dozens of us now who have come forward and said, yeah, we're at Montauk, and a lot of us will verify each other and be like, yeah, I remember them. They did this, and they did that. Like, like, it's real. Like, look into it. Like, the government's literally telling you that there are spaceships. Like, let's just let's just maybe like humble ourselves and admit that we don't know everything huh maybe public people were there telltale signs you think about Corey good that makes his story far less credible the fact that he asked people for money right out the gate (laughs) that's a great point actually that's a good point Um, you're not a i have nothing to promote you don't have a book we're promoting i'm not pushing you anything i don't know anything other than i i want like I guess best case scenario, I would get credit for my songs that they stole from me and I would get back royalties from that or at least the royalties moving forward because that might be really hard to do. And I just don't think that I, after all the service I did, I don't think I should have to work anymore. I think I should have a bank account with money in it and I, should, I don't think I should have to worry. Yeah, so that, that I would love. But I'm not going to ask you, the viewer, to ever do that for me. That's the government's responsibility. Like, um, and- Is there a well-known song out there? that that is absolutely you wrote um the 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 uh um uh nsync album where they got this uh, no strings attached 
Um, what's the song? Bye bye bye. I wrote that song. What? Yeah. Now that is a bold claim. That may be the boldest claim in this interview. <laughs> I mean, well, I did. I wrote it. Um, I wrote. I wrote like not all the songs on that album, but like half of them. And there's even a song on that album that's like, "If you wanna fly, come and take a space ride, take a ride with the cowboy bear, whatever." It's it's not that great of a song, but <laughs> he's talking about you know space is like the wild wild west and like yeah like don't believe the prophecies we can decide the future all this crazy shit and like i'm listening to it in context now knowing that i wrote these songs i'm like oh my god how are people he's talking about prophecies and outer space and like and people are just like fucking they have no clue like they're not it doesn't even register but uh yeah no the, it's it's blatant it's in your face they they they're a mind control band they're the, the the cover of the album is them on a stage with a bunch of with like finger like you know they're being yeah. pulled on things and it says no strings attached it's it's literally them blatantly saying in your face this is the mind control band here's some mind control music for you that we're going to put all over the world and these songs have psychic messages on them underneath the music the song, the, the messages don't have to do anything to do with the song, and they can imprint certain messages on on the on the, the psyche of the population at certain times for certain reasons, and it's so beyond the public's comprehension that they'll never be able to wrap their minds around it. But that's what's going on. And another thing that they'll do too is they'll put certain songs on at certain times to influence certain feelings in people to make them feel certain ways to make them do certain things. And it's, it's also a thing that they do with like, there's a patent for how a television can affect your nervous system. And then through the images that they're putting on the television, it can affect your emotions. And then through that, that's mind control. They're controlling your mind. They're controlling how you think and how you feel. And now we have that in our pockets. We have cell phones that have that technology and they're using it. So it's like, the mind control is everywhere and it's deep and it's going on all around us and it's insidious and sometimes it's the most innocent thing ever and it's just i think that's why it's so hard for people to to really confront the reality of this i think it's why people ask me well why should i believe you that it's real because they don't want to accept the fact that like most disney movies are literally made to mind control people like and a disney is connected to pedophilic satanic cults like all that stuff is real and People joke about it and laugh about it now. Like, like the average person knows about the lizard people and the Illuminati and all that shit, and they laugh at it. They laugh at it and they joke at, joke around about it. So it's like again, like when you ask me, like, why do you think they're letting me talk about it? That's why, because everyone thinks it's a ha 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 big funny joke. So what the fuck does it matter that I'm talking? Like I'm just some fucking crazy guy that took too much acid or something. That's what people say. Like that, like. They just make excuses for it, like that. They and they'll keep doing it because they can't they can't wrap their wrap their minds around it, and they don't want to accept the fact that like they're they're not in control of their own mind. I mean, that's a really scary thought. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, <laughs> I'm certainly I'm certainly with you about the the fact that culture at large is 
absolutely mind controlled in ways um, beyond. It's just every minute I can see more things and go, oh, my gosh, wait, I, I wouldn't want to do this. Who gave me this idea? It could be a parental influence. It could be a cultural could be. But but yeah, it, it doesn't. A lot of my thoughts don't feel good, but often because. I know they're they're coming from outside of me. They're not the thoughts I want to be thinking. Yeah, and it's 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 all done to capitalize on you and 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 make money and get resources and labor. And I think that for me, like the average people who are struggling with this, I think that's a really really easy way to explain it. It's like like a lot of times this, this technology, which does exist, people know it exists. You'll think about something. Like, for instance, the other day, I have this bass guitar. It's broken. And I was thinking, should I fix it or should I just buy Like, it's, like, literally going to cost the same as a new new bass guitar to, to, like, fix it. It's dumb. And I just had that thought. And then moments later, I'm looking on Facebook. And the, an advertisement for the same bass I have brand new is on there. And, and kind of confirms what I was saying. It's like, yeah, it's so cheap. You could just buy it. <laughs> but anyway, happening. Yes. Yeah, it's happening. Like, yes. Everybody sees this happening. Everybody knows what's happening. And I just want to say, like, that is an example of the technocratic silicon overlords, whatever you want to call them, trying to squeeze every penny out of you that they can get. It's like, oh, let's sell as much shit to these people as possible. Let's emotionally manipulate them to make them feel in a certain way to where they'll buy more stuff from us. And, like, that's one aspect of it because they want more money and they want more power. But then another aspect of it is – if they can control your mind and make you do certain things, that's going to give them more money too. And not only that, like if they put you in these programs, like you got to understand like these, there are entire colonies, entire space civilizations built entirely off the backs of clone slave labor. 100% entire planets where every single fucking thing you are looking at on the planet was built by clones. Yeah. Like, so it's just like, and people just don't understand that. Like, if you if they if you can kidnap someone and make them work for you for free, they're gonna do it until we figure out what's going on. Go wait, make that illegal. You know what I mean? Like, because technically, like, they could argue in court. Well, there's no laws against this. You know, your person is your body, not your consciousness. They could make all these arguments in court, and so it's like. It's time to accept this. Like the first step is accepting this as real. The second step is taking it out to court, figuring it all out. And I think that a lot of these military organizations probably find the the, the, the aspect of even being taken to court laughable because, I mean, it, I don't know if if we can do anything. Like we could take them to court and be like, hey, um, what you did was illegal and so-and-so needs to go to jail and that you, you owe so-and-so this much money. And they could probably just be like, well, well, we're not going to give you that. Do you want to fight over it? Cause we have, you know, a lot of military power. Exactly. Like, Nothing's going to happen. <laughs> so it's like, I, I don't know where this all goes. I would like to think that this is going to get taken to court. I would like to think that my dream is that there'll be a, a, Camp Hero, Project Phoenix, Montauk Project Memorial, and that there that there will be um, clinics set up to for MK Ultra victims to get deprogrammed and reassimilated to the full, their full selves. Um, uh, 
where people don't have to be isolated and they can still have access to the people they care about with their families and stuff. Um, and I just think that like, for me, like, it's really about healing and moving forward and healing. Like I want to, I want to address the trauma that we experienced and I want to explain it so people understand it and take it a bit more seriously and treat it with the treatment that it, it deserves. But I don't want to give people the idea that, that, this is all bad and all trauma and there's no hope. It's like, there is hope. Um, there is freedom. Um, like, I, I, I just think that, I just don't think there's a, it's a coincidence that all these different people are remembering things and all talking and it's all happening around the same time. And I just feel like, I feel like, um, I don't know, man, maybe it's just, just, just being hopeful. Yeah, I think it used to be rarer. I really do. I think uh, people that would come forward and talk about, I mean, there were just so few people that were talking about this. And now I I see people talk about it left and right, um, which, and, and surely there will be some frauds in there too. Um, there'll be some disinfo. Um, actually, that's a good question. Do you, do you think there are telltale signs to look out for so that we don't, uh, get persuaded the wrong way by someone claiming they went through these things but never actually did? Well, as far as Montauk goes, there's quite a swath of us now and we all communicate with each other. Um, I would say that a good way to tell whether a Montauk person is real or not is do they associate with any other Montauk people. Um, yeah. uh, that's a good way to tell because we all verify each other. So like a good, a good way to point that out is like, okay, like disinformationist Corey Good. And his uh, videos, um, at the beginning of his videos, just so fucking cheesy. He turns into the Star Wars bullshit. But it's like, the Galactic Federation has, has a message for you. And only listen to this source. This is the official source. And oh, and there's uh, there's disinformationists. He's the one who's saying there's disinformationists. And it's like, hold up, hold up. So only listen to... Uh, blue chicken called Space Jesus and no one else because wait a minute like you were the only person in fucking space Corey like no that's what I'm trying to explain it's like I have memories of Joseph Paul Joseph Paul has memories of me I have memories of Penny Bradley Penny Bradley remembers me too well I don't know if she remembers me but she recognizes my energy and she believes me um, but like we have memories of each other we knew we interacted with like, literal memories like I was talking with uh, John Whitberg recently about a mission we went on and, and all this stuff happened. And I was, I was like, dude, where did it happen? I don't want to, I don't want to say it. I want you to say it. And he's like, Budapest. I was like, ah, I like freaked out. Cause it's like, yeah, like you gotta get all the cities in the planet. He picked the right one. Like, come on. Like, yeah. Remembering the same thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and uh, I think that's, that's, that's the biggest, biggest, uh, um, telltale sign is the green flag is association association and also are they trying to get you to to buy reiki from them are they trying to are you they they have a patreon set up to where you can learn magic from them like all that like you know what i mean like i'm not saying that everybody who does that is bad i'm not saying that everybody who offers energy services and stuff like that is a charlatan like there are people who can really help people with that um but i just just want to say that most people that put themselves on a pedestal don't fucking deserve to be there. Like 90% of the time. Like, so that's why I try to not put myself on a pedestal. And I think that's another thing you should watch for is, is do these people think that they're like some great 
role model being that everybody needs to listen to do they you know like do they have humility when they're talking like that that those are good things to look for i think too it's like like i would like to think that i present my case like with humility i would like to think that i don't try to make myself sound like somebody that you should look up to um or make myself sound like i'm some sort of fucking hero because i'm not and i think that those are all the things that people should look out for um because whether or not they're accurate um, some people will use this super soldier persona thing to like try to start a business or whatever. And I just don't think, first of all, there's not really that much money in this. I think it's a silly way, way to make money. But second of all, it's just like, if we're going to treat this subject with the care that it deserves, and I want the audience to really listen to this, like, and the, especially people who think they might be involved in this, like, if we're going to treat this with the cons- care it deserves. Maybe it should be less about you need to write a book. You need to make a movie. You need to start a conference. You need to make money off this. Like everybody, I'm talking to everybody. Don't you all think it's a little ridiculous? I I get it. Like if we want to have some sort of thing where we all meet, like a conference, it costs money. You got to rent the facility. You got to pay for the food, everything. I get that. I'm not saying that anytime a financial transaction occurs and it has to do with SSP people that they're fucking you over. I'm just saying like, be really careful. Like, be, use discernment, like, to the max. And, again, like, we all can vouch for each other. Like, those of us who are in these programs, we remember each other. We know each other. Like, because this is real. Like, this is, this, this is, and that's proof. Like, that's, one, that's to me, like, as an experiencer, I know it's harder for the public because we could just be claiming these things. You don't know if I'm telling the truth or not. But for me, as an experiencer, that's been the biggest nail in the coffin where I can't turn back. It's having the same memories as other people. Where yeah. we can like literally finish each other's sen- sentences damn near. And just like stuff where it's like you can't believe you remembered it and the eerie feeling of it, and then someone else being able to confirm it. I don't know, just it's just it's it's beyond words. Wow. Well, Arkeem, I mean, you've definitely shared a lot with us tonight, uh, and, and given me some new perspectives on this that I'm, I'm going to uh, assimilate into my my growing knowledge of this project as well as, um, you know, the other things that the government's been doing. Um, yeah, if uh, you know, I, I I hope maybe to have you back on, maybe with some other people at some point, just to flesh this out more because it's a very um you know it, it is an interesting topic and it's and for the good and the bad i mean if people if people well, need to know that this to, happened if you'd wanted to have a show with uh some of my comrades i recommend we could do one probably with john whitberg and joseph powell um i could reach out to them about that if you want i think you do a good job showcasing the information um and it was a pleasure coming on the show and um uh, yeah, just thanks for letting me talk and for just answering, asking good questions and and uh, giving this, uh, giving me a voice, giving this, uh, giving just, you know, uh, every single person that uh, sees my testimony is, a, is potentially somebody who's impacted by it that really needs it. Um, so I just hope, I don't know, I hope that my, my testimony can help people and Cause I'm not alone in this and there's a lot of other people figuring, figuring out that they're assets. And um, I have a dream that we can get rid of all this programming, all this mind control programming and start breaking down the system from the inside out. Like I, I, I have a dream 
I don't know if it's possible. Um, I don't know if I'm, I'm overly hopeful, but at the very least, I think we all need to say no. We all need to say, yeah. we didn't agree to this. Like we need to all get on the internet and say, this shit's illegal. Stop taking me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's why I'm here. I guess hey, at the very least you help Lance Bass uh, live part of his dream. So I got to give you credit for that. Oh yeah. God. Yeah. Like I said, I, I know that those, those, those are some of the most crazy claims. Um, <laughs> and I know the people too, where it's like, they make similar claims. Cause I'm not the only person at Montauk who wrote songs. Um, and some of the people that, that, that wrote songs at Montauk, like in the here and now, they're not musicians. So like, they'll sing a line from it and it's like off key. And people are like, oh, they gotta be lying. It's like, no, nah, man, your cover altar is not the same as your other altar. Like, 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 you know, Jacob is like trained in combat and can like break someone's neck and like a heart. I couldn't do heart, heartbeat. Like I couldn't do that. Like there's a, like, it's not all transferable. Like if it were transferable, that would be bad for them. That would be bad news. Yeah. They, wouldn't allow, they wouldn't be able to allow us to live normal lives if, if the things we learned were transferable. Fortunately though, I started playing music and I can sing and play and I actually have relearned some of the songs I wrote. So it gives me an air of more credibility, but I want people to understand that I'm not the only person they stole songs from in these programs. It's 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 a lot, it's quite a few people, um, people that these. So like I'm one of a group of I don't know how many, but those of us who are deity deities, they would consider us like I was a deity, right? Like Arkeem Ra was a deity that was wiped out of history by Marduk. Um, but those of us who are, uh, they, they like to use us for their rituals. Um, they'll pay good money. Like they do, the, like the they do these rituals where they'll rape and kill children. Well, if they can get one of our clones and rape and kill one of us, it's considered more potent. It's considered more sacred. It's considered more of an honor to the the Baphomet entity that enters the portal that, that feasts on the child with them. It, uh, and then also like the music we make, the stuff they're. It's like literally they, they have a cult. It's a satanic cult. There's their cult and they're kind of obsessed with certain people in the program that they, because they know, I can't even tell you. I remember some of the stuff from history, but for whatever reason, I have some sort of pull to me, some sort of like, like they, they figured out with a Mandel, or excuse me, with a, a butterfly effect. Like they start, they're sending people back in time and they're testing the butterfly effect. And what they realize is that certain people affect history and certain people more than others like they carry more of a weight to them than others so yeah. i'm one of those people for whatever reason i was kidnapped for the projects because of that for whatever reason and i'm used in rituals because of that and also they steal my songs because of that i do not think that i am a better songwriter than a lot of like i i like i i think that it's I gotta reiterate like how much of like a cult it is to me because I just think that like songwriting is like a, a a a very human sacred art form and there are hundreds of thousands of human beings on the planet that are great songwriters like that my songs aren't any more special than them but they they took our songs for the programs because of who we were and they took advantage of them and I think they also believe that our, our songs carry more of a, a emotional weight to them the the psychic signature because every song has a psychic signature and yeah. if, if you identify with that psychic if, if the song makes you feel a certain way you're more likely to connect with it and since we have a stronger psychic 
signature, their belief, and there might be some truth to it, but their belief was that it's more likely for the listener to latch onto it and feel it and then connect with it and then therefore the programming to, to take in. So that's that's why they would, would, would use us for that. And like I said, again, I don't think it's necessarily because I'm some pinnacle – I, I am a good songwriter, but I, like, like I, they stole my songs for a reason, and it does piss me off because in the here and now, I'm not a successful musician. But um, did Taylor uh, Swift write all her stuff? You think? I can't speak for Taylor Swift, but I can tell you that she, at least one or two of her songs on hers. Anybody what? that's famous, anybody that's famous, anybody that is famous on that level has Montauk music. They have to have Montauk music. It's part of the deal. Anybody who's on a major contract. There are musicians, I, I'm sure it's in the industry, where they're like, yeah, they make us, they don't know where the songs are coming from. They're not told, oh, yeah, yeah. This is it. they don't know. They just tell them, this is a song you got to play. I think what they tell them is there's some guy that writes these songs, and he's he's the greatest, and it's one guy. I think that's what they tell them. I don't know, though. Oh, there's a movie that fucking depicts this. God, I can't think of it. Maybe I can leave it in the comments when you upload the video, but there's a, there's a movie that depicts it, that kind of depicts it. That's centered in L.A. Oh, I wish I could remember it. But um, yeah, there's a lot over on uh, what was that called? Uh, the Canyon over over uh, over there where where all that stuff was happening with Charles Manson. There's like connections to the music biz in general at MK Ultra. Um, is it Laurel yeah. Canyon? Laurel Canyon, I I think maybe. Um, yeah, but but there there's some, I mean, some very interesting some strange strange coincidences i mean all the way to john lennon um you know involved the most blatant example of a song that's taken from the programs is a song that was released recently released by the band always it's called many mirrors look it up people it's literally a song about going through portals it's it's the lyrics are uh after we pass through so many mirrors after we pass through many mirrors i can't believe we're still the same and and it, it's talking about going through the portal, living a whole life, coming back, going through the portal, living a whole life, coming back and being in love with someone. And even though they've lived entire lives, still feeling the same way about that person. I'm not saying I wrote that song, um, but somebody in the programs wrote that song. Like, And I also believe that... Um, the lead singer for that band might have been in the programs. I don't. I don't want to say that they are. I, I don't like throwing because they're public. They're a famous person. I don't yeah. like throwing famous people under the bus for for things that they didn't agree to talk about publicly. But um, I, I can't help it. Like, like bringing up that song, like that, that just freaked me out when I found that song. And they also have another song. Always is another song called "The Red Planet" from on their on their first album. It's the last song. And it's literally about a 20 and back on Mars. Yeah, it is really weird when when artists like this all of a sudden have out of nowhere, you know, they've never talked about anything related to UFOs or anything paranormal. Then all of a sudden there's a song on their albums that's directly metaphysical for some. It's just it's strange. It's strange that that happens. Um, Definitely giving me a lot to think about here. Yeah, it, it look, there's music videos and stuff where they're just literally blatantly showing you the songs from the programs or that it has to do with the programs. There's so many. I mean, Britney Spears has a song where the music video for it is her breaking into a clone facility and burning it down. That's one of the music videos for a song. That's literally the music video. Um, there's 
There's uh just all sorts of of of, of Easter eggs. The band M83, uh, Midnight City, and uh, um they have different commercial uh, 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 music videos that are connected to that song, depicting the same kids and the same pro. They're, they're depicting this stuff in in the music in in, in this in the songs, and then there's yeah. just like and it's like I said, you know. Stuff where you like, like look up that song by NSYNC, the Space Cowboy song or whatever. If you don't think about it, it's just like a silly song. Like, but then you read the lyrics, he's like talking about prophecies and like space is like the Wild West and like all the shit. And it's like, yeah, it is like the Wild West in space. Like, it's like that's why I was wild when I like when I realized I wrote songs on an album, listened to it back, and that song came back. I was like, oh wow. But yeah, that the also Backstreet Boys. The reason why the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC have such similar thing going on, I don't know if this is literally, they might have the same producer or whatever, but I wrote some of the, like, there's a commercial recently where, uh, where uh, like, the NSYNC's in it, or Backstreet, and, and the lady, like, is, like says something like, oh, and then starts singing this one song, oh, they're like, wrong band, that's not us. It's like, yeah, like, uh, I wrote some of the songs for the Backstreet Boys, and some of the songs for NSYNC, and, like, if I were really making this up just to look cool or sound cool, trust me, I wouldn't choose NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. <laughs> That's the other thing I, I was going to say. Like, I would think like Radiohead or uh, fucking Tame Impala or something. That's the kind of music I like. But I didn't write any of that music. They're original musicians. They, they might have a few songs that they had to, were given from the programs like a lot of people do. I don't know. I can't claim that. But it seems to be a rule of thumb is that they give you songs. And I'm starting to wonder too, like, like with the always thing, that band always, like, does she know? Like, were these songs, they, like, do they, are they giving her these songs and she knows that they come from somewhere? Or is they being beamed into her head when she, I have questions. I literally have questions. I actually went and saw always in Detroit um, a couple weekends ago. And when they played Many Mirrors, I held up a sign that said portals are real. And as soon as the song was over, I, I, I put the, put it, put the sign down. And that was the only time I held up the sign. And I know Molly saw it and I felt the weird, it was weird, but I feel weird talking about her publicly because, you know, she's just a musician and I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about her being in the, in the programs, but I think she is. And it, it kind of drives me crazy. Cause it's like, what the fuck does she know? You know what I mean? Like, I wish I could have a conversation. I wish I could just ask her like, what do you know? And she could just tell me, I don't, I don't know anything when you're talking about. You're crazy. Even that would make me feel better. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> yeah, totally. Ay, ay, ay. That's right. You, you, too cool to write for the Backstreet Boys are in sync, but you did it anyways. Arkeem raw um yes i hey look i appreciate you coming on the show um and yeah let's let's definitely stay in touch this is uh you know i i i'm i'm happy that more voices are coming forward and and shedding what happened here because we we have to get to the bottom of this we really do we really do like there's still so much i'm trying to figure out so I would say that's another reason why I'm public is like, we, we need to talk. We don't figure it out by not talking. The more we talk, the more comes out. So yeah, thank you for having me on, Greg. I really appreciate it. Um, and yeah, uh, look forward to seeing more stuff coming down the pipeline from you. It sounds like uh, good things are coming out, 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 out of your work. And um, yeah, everybody, every single guy that comes forward that, like you is important. So thank you. I appreciate it, Arkeem.
Arkeem Ra, proving once again that being dragged as a child forcibly against your will by men in suits through a portal is really the only way you're going to get most people to get to Long Island. And even then, no one wants to be there. I want to thank Rodney McGilvery for the theme music. I want to thank Zero Boy for the pre-theme music. I want to thank you, dear listener, for staying with me. You're a looper. I'm a looper. We're disrupting consciousness left and right. Scream loudly about it. We gotta keep this world as weird as it is. Much love. Talk soon.